0: They had the tools to stop 9-11. It was an intelligence failure. The system was blinking red, and you know what? They were asleep at the wheel. The terrorists, they were all on no-fly lists. TSA, no-fly lists, how did they get into the frickin' country? Welcome to another episode of the Straight Talk Podcast. I am your host, former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, also known as America's Sheriff. Thanks for tuning in. Wow, what a week it's been. Across the United States. Politically I'm talking about more of the nonsense going on in Washington, DC. You know, when I started this podcast, I vowed, and I, I made a promise to you that this would not be cookie cutter type stuff, you know, where everybody just chases the what the media claims is the most important thing going on and that this is what we're going to talk about. I said I would allude to some of these things, but I would take a different uh, approach in terms of analysis. I don't want to just repeat the talking points and what everybody else is saying. I'll give you an example. You know uh, Hunter Biden received a sweetheart deal in his uh, prosecution or investigation where this guy literally hid hid tens of millions of dollars of income ill gotten by the way, peddling influence with his father was then the vice president, creating shell companies, getting other people involved in an attempt to disguise this, to hide the money. That's why they call it money laundering. You take dirty money, and then you try to clean it up by creating these shell companies and other people who might be legitimate. And you're hiding it from the federal government. You're hiding it from the IRS. And and, and that's what they unearthed here. And and I could sit up here and just, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this two-tiered system of of justice. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that is a waste of time. I'm not going to waste your time with the same old stuff. Oh, if this happened to me, I'd be thrown under the jail. We all know that stuff. And it's what all the news reports that are critical of this are saying. It's the same stuff over and over and over, and it bores me. So what I try to do is dig below the surface and find a new angle to come at this stuff with. So the question is, we know the obvious. We know Durham. That was another thing that happened this week, or this past week went to Capitol Hill to testify, and basically the guy is a wimp. The guy's a sellout. How did we get Durham? Bill Barr. another DC. insider right now who's been highly critical of Donald Trump and this all this you know nonsense over these these classified documents. That's the other story dominating the news. And I'm tired of it. I knew nothing was going to happen to Hunter Biden. I said that to you. And each time one of these things happens, it's like, oh, no, I think they got him this time. This time, it's really going to stick. The whole system's corrupt. It's corrupt against us. We the people. You and I. It favors the political elite, the D.C. insiders. So the question becomes, oh, yeah, by the way, Durham says, uh, he was asked why he didn't press a little more to get information out of the FBI, James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, McCabe, Andrew McCabe, and others. And he said, well, they were just going to come in and, and not answer the question, so I didn't feel it was worth my time. What? Folks, I've been in law enforcement about 40 years. I've never heard of that. A cop or an investigator, I was an investigator. Not talking to key witnesses, because, well, you know, they're not going to answer my questions anyway. You still make the attempt. I have never heard of a government lawyer, a U.S. attorney, assistant U.S. attorney, special counsel, allow themselves to be spurned, allow themselves to be shut down by not adhering to a subpoena. You know, a person, they have the right to not incriminate themselves. But if they get subpoenaed to a hearing, they have to show up. The grand jury, they have to show up. And then they can get on the stand under oath and say, I refuse to answer those questions because it might incriminate me. You have a right to do that. But then you have to come and invoke it. He didn't make them come and invoke it. I've never heard of that. And then you can march that person into a court, offer them, which I don't have a problem with because sometimes that's what you have to do to get information. You offer them, um, you you know, you tell them you're not going to charge them. Unless they're untruthful. And then they have to talk. Then they have to talk. But that's the normal process here. And that this Durham clown, because that's what he is, didn't put the thumb screws to these people and get to the bottom of stuff. It, it just, it blows me away, ladies and gentlemen. It blows my mind. Because I know how this works. So anyway, getting back to what I really want to talk about today is, you know, instead of just going over the same, oh, they shouldn't do, they can't do this, the rule of law is trash. uh, Yeah, I know. You know, my question is to you, what are you going to do about it? Bitch? Moan? Whine? What are you willing to do? And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to give you the model that is effectively used. It's within the law. It's First Amendment protection to resist our government. To resist them. But there's a model that has to be used. And it's a model that the Democrats and the people on the left effectively use. They are great at it. Look how easily they can get a corporation to not do business with conservative companies. Look at how successful they are at making these corporations go woke. And adhere to their demands. Especially over this pride stuff. They're very good at it. They're good at it because there's a model for it and they follow the model. What I want to first do is, is use January 6th as an example for this for my laying out the whole model. That incident, that event, whatever you want to call it, was neither serious, it wasn't well thought out, and it wasn't organized. Period. Now I'm not one that's gonna sit up here and oh, all they never should have, oh, you know, well, they broke the law and they have to pay. You know what? Our government officials are breaking the law all the time. They're not paying. Why the hell should we be worried about that? Well, I don't know what they can do to us. Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to walk you through how to effectively do it where you, you know what? You make the government stand down. And it's happened. Go back to the start of this country with the resistance movement of the founders. They resisted the crown to the point that the crown didn't know how to handle this. So I come across this I don't know I think it's a tweet from James Woods James Woods is a conservative actor very outspoken He's a good dude So he makes this comment and he's he's spot on This is from the the Daily BS whatever the dailybs.com. This is from James Woods. Republicans are nothing but grumpy, toothless whiners. A sad, sorry end to the noble experiment that was America. He nailed it. Here's one of our problems. We're relying on Republicans. We're not relying on conservatives. We're not relying on conservative fighters because we don't have many of them. I could probably count them on one hand. In the political class I'm talking about, but even outside the political class. We're always sitting around waiting for the next election as if the next election is going to change any of this damage. It's not. Because even the Republicans, once they get into power, I mean, look what they're doing now. Oh, now all of a sudden, you know, Kevin McCarthy, well, no, we didn't, we shouldn't impeach uh, Joe Biden. Well, you know, we, we have to build a case. Pelosi didn't build a case and they impeached Donald Trump. Twice. They didn't bill the case. First of all, impeachment is a political tactic. It is not a legal tactic. That's on the Senate side. All impeachment is are allegations. It's like an indictment. It's not evidence. It's, hey, here's what we think we can prove. That's what impeachment is. It's like an indictment. They act as like the prosecutor. Like going into a grand jury. You know that that saying uh, you know, the grand jury will indict a ham sandwich? Because it's real easy. It's not an adversarial process. So why do why does the House, why do, why do Republicans in the House think, well, we have to, you know, the, the rule of law and the and evidence? You don't present any of that in a grand jury. You just tell the grand jury, here's what we think we can prove. Here's what we're alleging. That's all it is. It's not a trial. It's not a motions hearing. Where someone makes a motion to get something thrown out. Well, that goes before a judge. That's now a legal procedure. That's not what impeachment is. So all these damn Republicans, who before they won the House, were telling us, if we win the House, we're going to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. We're going to impeach Blinken. We're going to impeach Joe Biden. They were all saying it. Now they have the House, and now they become this timid, feckless, toothless, as James Wood said. Whiners. Cautious. Oh they move with caution. The Democrats steamroll. They steamroll when they have power. They had no reason to bring Impeachment charges against Trump over this so called, you know, phone call to a Ukrainian leader. You don't impeach over that. They didn't care. They did it. And you can't worry about what the Senate does. Do your job. How many times have you heard me say that on this program? You do your job. Let other people worry about that other stuff. Republicans are afraid to use guerrilla warfare tactics. Asymmetrical. They want to plot on, well, you know, uh, it's a stair step, and we want to make sure that we have all that. And I get tired of this crap, too. The Republicans saying, well, you know, uh, we don't want to impeach, and then, you know, we look bad, and the Democrats didn't worry. Nancy Pelosi didn't worry about that crap. They just kept the pressure on. Stayed on offense. First of all, if they don't, if if they don't do this impeachment thing and whatever process they want to use, fine, is, use this fine. But if they don't do it soon, you know what it's going to look like. What they're afraid it might look like, just a political move. And the longer they wait, the closer we get to 2024. And you know what the American people will say? Who really aren't involved in this political fight. Well, why don't we just wait till the election and let we, you know, let the voters decide? That's why they need to do it now. There needs to be a sense of urgency because you want it further away from the election and not closer to the election. Because by that, and even I would say at that point, if it's inside a year, well, you know what? Let let the voters decide. So that's why there needs to be a sense of urgency, and they need to do this now if they're going to do it. But of course, these cautious, timid, you know, Republicans, rhinos, insiders, establishment people, well, we don't want uh, the American people to look at us and say, Democrats don't care about how it looks. They just do it. That old Nike phrase, just do it. And then have something to come after that. And just they just kept the pressure on Trump and the Republicans. And I said, you know, when I say our side, I'm not a Republican, but you know, our, our Republican leaders, which is why I said, don't count on that. You can't trust these Republicans who are in, in, in uh, the Congress. You can't trust the RNC. They're all part of the establishment. Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics. Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4 issue, Never the Issue, as well as guests, Peter Serafin, Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Jista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. So one of the things that... Well, let me read some from, from some of this story here before I move on. This is the from the Daily BS Wire on what James Wood said. It was another dark day in America on Wednesday. Special Counselor John Durham was grilled by Congress on his investigation, in quotes. because Yeah, it's a joke. His investigation into FBI corruption and the Russian hoax. Florida Representative Matt Getz summed it up best after opening a fiery must-see can of whoop-ass on the witness, which is what Durham needed. When you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, then it makes our job harder. James Woods, one of the world's most talented actors, shared a glaring and depressing truth in his analysis. He never missed his words. Here's from James Woods. This was a tweet. The Durham report is an unsettling indictment of the single-party juggernaut ruling America today, but an indictment is worthless. The media are lapdogs and the Republicans nothing but grumpy, toothless whiners. So what do we do? Remember, the question was, this is a challenge to you. And I'm going to challenge this audience a lot because I need fighters. Remember my column that I read that I wrote in 2018 for townhall.com when I was a, a contributing writer for townhall.com? Wanted new conservative fighters? Just put that in a search engine. Look it up if you've forgotten. And read it. I laid it out right there. We don't have fighters, I said. Looking at this crop of Republicans and some of these blowhard talking heads, they're useless. What we need is a ground-level force, I said, unlike we've ever seen. Grassroots, bottom-up, not top-down. Not these Republican leaders down who who basically turn their nose up at us at grassroots level. we need fighters and we need them fast. I said, we need to mobilize quickly because I, you know I'm not going to say that the, the Republic is slipping away from us. The Republic is gone. All it comes down to now is how we're going to get it back. So one of the things that we have to learn how to do, and I laid it out in that, but we're going to walk through it again in that article, uh, Wanted New Conservative Fighters. We have to learn how to resist at ground level, peacefully. There's a way to do it. Where you're basically taunting the government. Because the government knows, well, we can't really crush this thing because it won't look good on the world stage. If the government is beating and killing its own citizens who are protesting under the First Amendment, it will not look good and they know it. So we got to count on that. I support civil disobedience. That's peaceful. But you got to be willing to go to jail. It's just going to be temporary if it's peaceful because you won't move. The biggest mistake that the January 6th group, remember, I said that was neither serious, well thought out, or well organized. You must be organized. Everywhere I go, the first step, people say, What should we do? What can we do, Sheriff? Organize, organize, organize. You must be organized. You must have a plan. And the first thing you must do before you go out and and operationalize the plan, you have to build a critical mass of people to go along with you. You can't do it with a couple hundred people. It won't work. You want to overwhelm government's ability to be able to contain this thing. You want to overwhelm government resources. So if you only got a couple hundred, hell, they just bring a thousand cops down. That's the end of that. You show up with 10,000 people like they did in Sri Lanka where 250,000 people, citizens of Sri Lanka, surrounded the presidential palace. And when you see some of the protests going on in France, millions are protesting the changes in their social security. Millions! That's a critical mass. 50 people is not a critical mass. A couple dozen, a couple hundred is not a critical mass. So you have to be patient. It's going to take time. You're going to have to message effectively to get people to, to develop the nerve to say, yeah, I want to be part of this. Piss on it. So you have to start with that. And there's a way to uh, on how to effectively resist. First of all, you have to take to the street. You cannot do this, ladies and gentlemen, simply from behind a keyboard posting on social media. That's a tactic you can use, but that's only one tactic, and it's just part of it. This has to happen in the streets. 250,000 surrounding the presidential palace in Sri Lanka and they had to airlift the president out of there. That's taking to the streets. This can't be done in a think tank. All of these know-it-alls, the Bill Crystals and all those goofs from inside the safe space of a think tank or going into a TV studio. That's not where this thing is going to get done. It's not where it's going to be won. Think of the civil rights movement. It started in the church, but they had to take it to the streets to make it more effective. You can't do this from inside the church, talking about how wrongs, you know, the, Discrimination? Yeah, I know, but you know what? There's only a few people there. When they took it to the streets, now all of America could see. When King was peacefully marching, all of America was looking. People joined in. And when the police were turning water cannons and sicking dogs on peaceful protesters, the American viewers vomited. They couldn't believe this. Were peaceful protesters. But they had large numbers, huge marches. Peaceful. I want to keep saying that. And I hearken back to the January 6th crowd. There was no need to breach the Capitol. There just wasn't. They had the right idea, but they weren't well thought out. They weren't organized. And they didn't really have a plan. It wasn't well planned. All they needed to do was take the, you know, a few hundred people, however many showed up, I don't know, and just get near the Capitol. Stay outside. In the places around the Capitol, and there are a lot of them, the public's allowed. Rally, marches, speeches. There was no need to go inside the Capitol. That's where they turned America against them. So it blew up in their faces. You know, this thing was led by a couple of goofs anyway. The guy with the horns and what, you know, that's not serious. So I come across this article. I've had this thing for a long time. This goes back to 2021, June of 2021. I used this at a speaking event I was at to give people an idea of how to resist effectively. So I pulled it out for this podcast. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Somebody already invented the wheel. I'm just going to use the wheel. So I'm going to read some sections on this, and then we're going to go into this thing, operationalized It happened in Nevada, and you'll probably recognize when I read from that story how this went down. And don't forget, that was from back in... I don't know, 2018 maybe, but we'll get to that. So here, Stu Cervic, RedState.com, how to resist effectively. says here, to roll over and simply acquiesce to this nonsense, and that's this Democrat movement, is unthinkable. But what passes for Republican leadership in Congress these days is timid, feckless, and disorganized, which is why I said you cannot count on your elected representatives in Congress to do anything for you. We need a grassroots, bottom-up resistance movement. While they can and should be constantly pressured to take action and to at least institute a coordinated and consistent media campaign, they cannot be relied upon to reverse the Democrats' push toward full-fledged socialism and communism. It's long past time for everyone who wishes to preserve the republic to take concrete actions, and that means doing so at the local level. There is no need, ladies and gentlemen, for everybody to rush to Washington, D.C. This should happen within your own community, within your own state, and grow it. So it says here, The communication networks established at the local level are the means by which Democrat media can be bypassed. Let me stop there. Stop whining about CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and how the liberal media, you know, they're not helping us, and they're not objective. No, they're on the left side. They've been co-opted. But there's a way to get around that. So it says here, yes, we can resist, and we can do so productively. Nonviolent resistance is both possible and effective, and success breeds success. Let me say that again. Nonviolent resistance is both possible and effective. Nonviolent protests have been successfully used by the left to achieve their political goals. We can do it better. What is required is organized persistence, patience, and tactics that can make a difference. Simple stuff including a basic understanding of the comp- concept of active resistance and passive resistance, methodologies that can be applied in neighborhoods, precincts, churches, and local civics organizations. So then it goes through here. It, it, it goes through some of the uh, tactics. There's a difference between tactics and strategy. Remember I said, yeah, social media, okay, that's a tactic. It's not a strategy. So they talk about using flyers, includes the use of accusatory text that puts the left on a defensive. Uh, What else they got here? Leaflets. Cameras everywhere. Encourage conservatives to have a smartphone or camera at hand and caption record every situation in which a leftist actor is out of line. Download and disseminate the files with context to conservative and liberal media sites and social media. Catch every little asinine, contemptible, illegal act the left-wing activists activists engaging. See, you can get around the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN. So it goes through here, some other things that can be done, scouting-like programs, support neighborhood clubs, social organization, and churches that promote old-school freedoms. So there's a way to do this. It's grassroots, it's ground level. All it takes, it says here, is a little organization, a little ingenuity tailored to local conditions and a few highly motivated people. Run for some of these officers who at least actively find and support candidates who are constitutional conservatives with a goal of getting rid of all crackpot lefties and rhinos, it says. Get rid of them. So that's just kind of like the Reader's Digest of, of the model of Effectively resisting, that's what we're going to have to do. Stop your whining and stop your bitching. And start to organize, build a critical mass. It's going to take time, it's going to take a little money. But basically, what it takes is determination. See, we give up too easy. What the January 6th people should have done, they should have, if they felt really felt they needed to march to the Capitol, I don't know that they had to do that. They could have stayed at the mall where speeches were being given. And then just stay there. But even, let's say, okay, they, they march to the Capitol. Stay outside of the Capitol. Set up a tent city. Just give the impression, we're not going anywhere. You got to play the long game politically. You can't do a one-day protest and then go home never to be heard from again. That's what the government is counting on. Well, just you know, let them, let them scream and holler a little bit. They'll be gone. They'll get hungry, at the end of the day, and they'll go home. It's not what the left does. You must let the government know we're staying. Put up a tent city, and then bring in reinforcements, because I know some people, you, you can't go in and spend, everyone can't spend three, four, five days there. You don't have to. Come in shifts. Okay, a new group of people coming in tomorrow at noon. Then you guys get to go home. Thanks, but you know, stay, stay close, because uh, we're going to need a rotation here. See, that's organization. I say you got to be organized. You got to have a critical mass of people. Because I know people have jobs and they can't do this all day and every day. I get it. So you need a rotation system of bringing in new people. Put up a tent city. Media covering, trust me. Chants, bullhorns, speeches. That's how you do this. So now I want to give you an example of how this was effectively done by a Nevada rancher. You may remember the name Cliven Bundy. That's a cattle ranch out in Nevada. And basically what happened was his cattle were grazing on federal land and the federal government was trying to charge him for it. And he wouldn't pay the fees, whatever. He didn't recognize the federal government. He's not a sovereign citizen. He said he recognizes state's rights and state rules. So this article here from Time Magazine, of all places, the armed rebellion on a Nevada cattle ranch could be just the start. Remember, I said this was like 2018? So it says, it could have been a catastrophe. For several days last week, hundreds of angry protesters faced off with of federal workers on an arid ranch near Bunkerville, Nevada. Militiamen squatted among the sage bush and crouched on a highway overpass, quailing guns and issuing barely-veiled va- threats at the government officials' mass behind makeshift barricades. The specter of a violent standoff hung over the high desert. The hair-trigger tension seemed at odds with the arcane origins of the dispute. And it goes into 20 years ago, the Bureau of Land Management, that's one of those agencies that needs to be abolished too, Bureau of Land Management. They decided to clear privately owned cattle off this patch of public lands to protect the endangered Mojave Desert tortoise. I never heard of such a thing. Dozens of ranchers left, but Clive and Bundy stayed. Bundy, 68, has refused to recognize federal authority over the land or to pay the fees for his cattle to graze there. So Bundy balked, and the far far right-wing media sounded a clarion call for his cause. Building a critical mass, ladies and gentlemen. Casting the standoff as a flashpoint in a broader struggle against federal oppression, because that's what the BLM is, federal oppression. A cavalry of patriots arrived, bearing weapons and a seemingly bottomless grudge against the government. Build a critical mass. You can bring guns. That's peaceful. I know everybody. Oh, what do they need to bring guns? Because it's your right. I didn't say you need armed protesters, but if they want to come, they they get to do that. So on April twelfth, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, retreated abandoning the roundup amid serious concerns over the safety of federal employees. That's why I said if you build a critical mass and you do this right, it's well-planned and it's serious. You will overwhelm government resources to be able to contain this. you got to overwhelm the resources. The BLM looked and said, holy crap, a couple thousand people out It swell. I think it got up to around 10,000, and it just kept showing up. More people just kept showing up. Hey, I got to be a part. Look what's going on over there. I want to be a part of it. And you know, this happened organically. Clement Bundy didn't organize this. People were feeling it. They were tired of the oppression of the Bureau of Land Management. So it says here for the government, it's not clear what was lost. The decision to de escalate the situation was a wise one, according to officials familiar with the perils posted by. Such confrontation, remember, overwhelm government's ability to contain things. So it says, but prudence may also set a dangerous precedent. Having backed down from the recalcitrant rancher, what does BLM do next time another refuses to abide by the law? But see, if you build a critical mass of people and you're well organized, you're going to win these things. This is peaceful. There wasn't a shot. There were a lot of armed ranchers. Not a shot was fired. There's no need to engage in violence. So it says, I'm very concerned about that, as I'm sure others are, says Bob Abbey, a former BLM director and state director for Nevada. Nearly all ranchers whose animal graze on public land are in compliance with federal statutes. There's always a chance that someone else may look at what happened with Mr. Bundy and decided to take a similar route. Let me put in a note here. I can, I hope so. Back to the story. The BLM, listen to this. Why I said the BLM needs to be gone. The BLM manages more than 245 million acres of land, including about 60% of the territories across a swath of 12 Western states. Now, check this out about 85% of the land in Nevada is managed by the feds. Why? It's state land. Why did we allow Bureau of Land Management to move in and take control over state land? Why? Why is the federal government managing lands out west? The only thing they should be concerned about is the federal district, Washington, D.C. So what they should be concerned about? The states can run that, every, every state has some sort of BLM. There's state parks, right? Trailways. States can handle that. We don't need the federal government. This is how government grows. You create these bureaucracies, a the Bureau of Land Management, and the next thing you know, they're controlling 85% of land in Nevada. And why isn't Nevada pushing back on that and reclaiming that? Don't friends, Get the hell out of here. We'll manage this federal park The you know, all these things that the feds will come up with. Well, wow, we need national parks. We need the states will take care of it. So it says here, former BLM director says, eventually you have to draw the line. We go through these sad episodes where fanaticism, that's not fanaticism. See, when we do it, it's fanaticism. When the left does it, oh, it's just peaceful protest. And you call rioting peaceful protest. But ours is fanaticism. And like I said, with the Clive and Bundy incident, nobody went to jail. There was no congressional hearing, January sixth style hearing. People going to prison. There's no property damage, Nevada. Not a shot was fired. Eventually, you have to draw the line. We go through these sad episodes where fanaticism has to be brought under legal control. Why? It's protest. What do you mean under legal control? And inevitably, somebody gets killed, he said. Well, it didn't happen in Nevada. Actually, the only person who got killed in the January 6th breach of the Capitol was that Air Force veteran. Her name escapes me. Do you know who I'm talking about? Shot by a federal agent. She was unarmed. It's all on video. She didn't present. She didn't present a threat to anybody. The, the officers. All of a sudden, an officer peeks through a door and and, and shoots her. It's amazing. But see. The government doesn't want to have to do that because it's not going to look good on the world stage. And the world's going to cover it. If they get too heavy-handed, like government did during the civil rights movement, it's not only going to turn off American people, but it's going to turn off the world. Look Look what the American government is doing to their own people. The government has to be worried about that. So that's why I said when you, when you organize these things, there's no need to get violent, but let them know you're staying. As long as you're in a public sp- space, you know, someone might do something stupid from the government and say, well, we're going to get these people out of here. Well, why? They're not, they're not bothering anybody. Well, you know, there's, they're not bothering anybody. They're in a public space. The public's allowed to go here around the Capitol. And they just said they're not leaving. Really, all the government can do is wait you out. You have to have more determination than they do. So that's the model. It can be done. But remember, Those important aspects of this—well thought out, well organized, and serious—every movement should have a leader. It's giving direction, keeping people in line. The bullhorn, have let people give speeches, chants—you know—all that stuff's effective. We're the government down but you know like I said don't 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 count on a Republican political class don't do that that is a waste of time they're not reliable thanks for joining me Mainstream media has turned into nothing more than state run propaganda. Bulldog TV was founded by Americans fighting for America to restore the fourth branch of government. Support alternative media like Bulldog TV by following them on Facebook and Truth Social. You talk about race, crime, and politics. Some folks lose sleep over this, but not me, because I sleep just fine on my Giza dream sheets and pillow from my pillow, especially this new 2.0. If you haven't gotten yours yet, you are missing out. Just go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CLARK, that's C-L-A-R-K-E, and save up to 66% off. The direct link is also available on my website, AmericaSheriff.com. Get a great night's sleep so we can continue the fight. Friends, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Straight Talk with yours truly, America Sheriff David Clark. And a special thank you also goes out to our sponsors. My goal, as always, is to break down these complex and many times controversial issues and bring it to you straight with a little dose of common sense, no media bias, no talking points, just truth. And this podcast would not be possible without your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen. And please share this message of common sense. On social media. For more content, be sure to follow me on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just a reminder, we'd love for you to join our Straight Shooters VIP Podcast Club for only $5 per month. And with that membership, you'll receive invitations to attend private podcast events throughout the year as a VIP guest when we come to your town. Plus, if you join today, you'll also receive a free coffee mug and a sample of our private label coffee as long as supplies last. Subscribe and join at AmericaSheriff.com. This podcast is brought to you by AmericaSheriff.com with executive producer Judy Wilkinson of J.L. Wilkinson Consulting and producer Josh Wentz in partnership with our friends at Bulldog Media. If you are interested in partnering with Straight Talk Podcasts or having me speak in your area, please contact Judy at J.L. Wilkinson Consulting at gmail.com 706. 518-2116. That's jl Wilkinson Consulting at gmail.com. Phone number 706-518-2116.